0: Hello everybody, welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they are blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it does not have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with someone else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based company, please send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley. And with me, as always, is David Hilton.
1: Mitch, I thought you were going Elk
0: What happened? Well, Not going anymore? I didn't go last year. And I didn't go the year before. Um, kind of made the decision that as my kids are in like prime vacation age if I'm going to take time off work I'm going to make sure I'm spending it with them so elk hunting will always be there and I'll eventually get to go back either as my kids age out of vacations or if they get into hunting then I'll take them
1: don't you have to take them hunting for them to be, get into
0: hunting have uh, you ever even taken any of them yeah I've taken Mason Grant Grant don't give a shit he's kind of a tenderfoot <laughs> What do you mean by tenderfoot? I don't know if he could handle aiming uh, a weapon at an animal, let alone pulling the trigger. Or, let alone alone cutting its guts open and spilling blood everywhere. But the kid will stomp a skink on our sidewalk like it's nobody's business. (laughs) But you get it to, like, you get an animal to the size that might have, like, a personality and, like, a. You know what I mean?
1: So squirrels okay, rabbits okay, fish okay, yeah, warm, small birds, warm-blooded
0: okay. animal. Yeah, so like, Grant, like raccoon is too big. No, snake is too big. Like, <laughs> he caught a snake. I have no problem killing a snake. No, he he caught a snake in the yard. Uh, this was two years ago. A uh, little like I don't know, fourteen inch long garter snake. Um, and then like twenty minutes later, he caught a little like ten inch long ringneck snake, and he's like, I want him as pets. Okay, like we we like snakes in this house. that's cool, so we made a little thing, you know aquarium thing with dirt and leaves and sticks and all this shit and um like three weeks later, he decides, well, the ringneck snake died, probably because it was so tiny we had no clue what to feed it. We got crickets for the garter snake and the garter snake would eat crickets, well, like three weeks later, he decided. Uh, He didn't want the garter snake anymore. He thought, man, if I was just walking around and somebody picked me up as a pet and took me away from my mom, I'd be mad. So deep. He he let it go in the front yard. Okay. two hours later, he comes to me crying because he missed a snake and he thinks he made a bad decision. (laughs) I'm like, go find him. The son of a bitch goes in the front yard and finds him. (laughs) Two hours later, the guy had two hours of freedom and he didn't get away.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fault on both. Uh, Oh man,
0: that's a dumb snake. Or, or he was like, maybe if I stay here, I can get an unlimited smorgasbord of crickets again. We (laughs) could just do an
1: entire episode. We could do an entire podcast just called the Smedley Household. Yes. We could literally do that. It's you kind could of a sitcom just, around here sometimes. You could just talk about the Smedley household. Yeah, yeah. For two hours a week, you could do two episodes a week. It'd be easy. You could fill it easily. Probably. Wow.
0: It has nothing to do with business. No. Just all no. the crazy stories that. Yeah. Happens to everybody, but I'll tell them.
1: No, just to you,
0: <laughs> just to you. Yeah. Mrs. When you, when you leave oh, tonight, ask started. her aunt about finding a snake again no, after two we're, hours. We're, when this is over, I'm getting the fuck out of here.
1: It's like an insane asylum to <laughs> watch
0: the step first on his way out to the street. No. Yeah. Uh, no. we got an uh, like, abnormally, abnormally large like of amount of snakes around our house. Like awesome. every time you mow the yard, you'll see two or three of them. It's really? crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Don't, don't you have cats? They don't go outside. Cat so. people are fucking weird. I'm not even sure how we're friends. Yeah. Cat people. I, I don't like my cats. I mean every time Danielle gets upset around About the hair Around the house I'm like I'll get rid of Two thirds of it Right now We got two cats And a dog I'll get rid she- of Two thirds of this hair Right now You was, just say the word I was
1: thinking Like she was one And then the cat Was one oh. <laughs> And the other
0: Cat was so one I forgot about I'll The fucking it dog it. I'll just I'll Fucking We'll get rid of all of it Way Wayside so You guys take Five foot Seven inch Redheads <laughs> Not crazy ones <laughs> Oh, my God. What are we talking about today, Mitch? Today, we are talking what are about... What we going to talk about? We're going to hit up three topics today. Okay. Topic number one. Topic what is it? Topic number one is sales and options related to those sales. Topic number two is cheap requests equal cheap leads. Topic number three is our outlook on the looming recession. Why do you sound like an 80s game show host? <sighs> 90s game show host. Okay, 90s. Okay, I'll give you 90s. Is we'll that say that sold the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge, right? Uh, so, okay. Uh, topic one: sales and options. Sales and options. Um. So this is one of those things. You know, a lot of things you know, but you don't know other people don't know, and so it, it does you good to like identify. Oh wait. Maybe people don't know that. Maybe we should talk about that, right? Yeah. And and so this weekend, um, um, I was running emergency calls on the weekend. So uh, here in a few episodes, we'll talk about why I'm running emergency calls on the weekend. But um, um, I gave all my guys, you know, this was Labor Day weekend. Gave all my guys a three-day weekend off. They get Labor Day paid, you know, all that stuff. Um, We don't always run emergency calls, but I chose to this weekend and I'm not going to like pigeonhole one of my guys into having to do that. So I ran it, let them, I've, I've had a fair amount of vacations this year, so I didn't need the holiday. Um, And so I let them enjoy their vacation their three day weekend. And I ran the call. Um, My 13 year old son decided to throw on a uniform and jump in the truck with me and ride along. So, on the way to this service call... Uh, Did I you make ex- him pay for that shirt? Nah, I got some extras. <laughs> we, uh, here's another story for you. We hired a guy that didn't make it to day four. Yeah. And he was the first guy I hired in our company. And technically, he never even fully was hired because he never ever turned in his new hire paperwork. He called <laughs> in sick on day one. He showed up day two, showed up day three, called in sick on day four. And I said, don't even bother showing up on Friday. <laughs> I <laughs> said, so I'll, I'll put a check in the mail for the two days he worked for me. Adios. Adios. Amigo. So, was never even officially an employee. Did he even care? I doubt it. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I had already ordered, like, the the literally the day, <clears throat> first day somebody is here, I order all their uniforms. And so, I already had uniforms for him. He was a very small, scrawny guy, about the size of my 13-year-old kid. So, my 13-year-old was wearing his uniforms. But, anyway, <laughs> he's riding in the truck with me and on the way to the job... <laughs> Um, I was explaining to him like everything that I'm going to do. I was trying to get across to him how intentional this visit is. It's not like somebody calls me and I just go out there and wing it. Right. I I have a very specific agenda and a very specific plan for how the service call goes. And, and when you do that correctly, you'll have success. And so I told him, we're going to go there. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm gonna learn a little bit about the customer. I'm gonna learn a little bit about what's wrong, and I'm gonna quickly identify exactly what's wrong and what it's gonna take to get it fixed. I'm gonna present the customer at least three options to get their repair taken care of today. We're gonna, they're gonna agree to one of those options. and We're just gonna do it. And and he says, okay. So we get there and I introduce myself to the customer. Get to know him a little bit. Come to find out they broke their toilet supply valve. Uh, they were trying to rebuild their toilet and couldn't get the valve. Like the valve broke and it's leaking water on the floor and all this stuff. And so I gave them like a very, very minor repair option. I gave them a more inclusive repair option. And then I also gave them an option to completely replace the toilet to a brand new toilet. Right. Um, toilets in their house are like 20 years old. So they're of the age where they don't flush all that well and all of that stuff. So you never know what people might want. Anyway, they decided not to go with the cheap option and not to go with the toilet option. They wanted to go with the middle of the road option, which is usually the most common We talk decision. about it
1: all the time. We right. did a whole entire episode, not specifically on this, about how people like to get value yeah, and like to have options. yeah, And they don't just want to. Three is the minimum. You you have got to, no matter what industry you're in, you've got to have a minimum. If you're a lawnmower, you have, I mow your yard. We have, I mow your yard, and then we trim it. And then we have, I mow your yard, trim it, bag it, and take care of your landscaping. Right. So that people can choose what level of what they feel is the best value for them Mm -hmm. in their situation based on price, amount of work done, and... You know, just the end outcome that they're looking for right. in that specific situation.
0: Yeah. You might have a customer that would never pay anybody to mow their lawn because they don't think it's worth anything. Yeah. Meanwhile, you might have a customer. Like, I, litter- I have customers that spend $10,000 a month on landscaping. Well, they're commercial. No. No, these are in the fancier part of town. They have these giant estate lots. You're talking about where they, they have full-time gardeners. They have full-time gardeners, everything. and yeah. there's a gardener there, 24-7, 365, 10 grand a month is what they're spending on gardening, right? Man. so You know what it, I could do with that money? Imagine how much money you're leaving on the table going up there and saying, I'll mow your yard for $30. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So you got to give them options. But
1: there's customers also that, hey, um, my dad's in the hospital. I don't have time to mow his yard for him. I just Can need to knock o- it down. Can you run over there and just cut it real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 25 bucks. Yeah. You know, there is a space. We talk about it all the time. There is a space for everyone at every price point in yep. almost every trade out there. Yeah. There is going to be, sometimes you're going to get, you know, the Taj Mahal price. Sometimes yep. you're going to get jobs that are, you're barely making enough money to get there, but your foot's in the
0: door. Right. So anyway, these customers choose the middle of the road option. And we go out to the truck and get started right away. And while I'm out in the truck, my son asks me, he goes, why didn't they go for the cheap option? He goes, it was like $100 cheaper. And I said, well, people are interesting. They don't want the cheapest. They think they do, but they actually don't. And so when you give them three options, they feel better about themselves if they decline the cheapest thing you give them. But if, if you only gave them the cheap option, they would tell you you're too expensive. But if you give them three options, they'll decline the cheap one and actually choose to spend more money than you were initially going to offer had you just given them the one option. And he's like, oh, okay. So anyway. Wheels are turning for the young Wheels guy. are turning, right? <laughs> so we go inside, make the repair. Um, I maintain conversation with the customer through the repair. This customer was kind of the one that's like, I mean, he tried fixing it himself, so he's going to look over your shoulder the whole time. Yeah, he's trying to learn something. Well, he's trying to learn something, and he's trying to learn where he fucked up, right? Yeah. And and some guys, like, I'll tell you this. Inquisitive minds, man. If you're in the in-home service industry, and that chaps your ass when a homeowner watches you the whole time, get a different fucking career. Yeah, it's all the time. It's constant. You're in their property. Yeah. Like, they get to do whatever the hell they want. So if you get pissed off that a homeowner watches what you're doing... Chances are it's because you're not all that confident in what you're doing. Yeah. And and it's it's more of an attack on your in um uh, insecurities than anything else. Well, and don't I wouldn't say get another job, but just you've got to get better
1: and get used to it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Most people because, won't get better
0: is what I'm saying. So if they're new.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. Maybe I mean new guys are you were that way, I'm sure, at one time. When you're new and you're a little unsure, you know, but you're a little unsure, it makes you nervous when people
0: are watching you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, get used to it. Yep. Get better, So it'll be fine. So he's sitting there watching me and kind of asking me what I'm doing and everything else, and and so I'm replacing the supply stop on his toilet, and so I pull the stop off, and I pull the, like, underneath the toilet supply stop is always the chrome escutcheon ring. Yeah. And... Old, you know, twenty-year-old escutcheon ring. It's got rust marks on it and pits and everything else. So I hey, swap that swap out too. guess what that's from? Yeah, it's from p Yeah, yeah. Pee eats everything. Yeah. So um, <laughs> gross. Uh, so I pull that off and and swap it out. And he's like, Oh, I didn't know you were gonna do that. I'm like, Oh yeah. I mean, it's the the only way to get that off is to pull the stop off. So this is like the only time in the next twenty years where this stop's gonna be off. Let's make sure that we replace this too. And he's yeah. like, Oh, I
1: like it. You could always get a split ring, cut
0: that one off, maybe. So what makes you look good? While all that's off, I grab some sandcloth cloth and I dress up the copper real nice too. Like we're gonna make this thing look fancy, right? So clean everything up, get it all put back together, and get them all back into service. And and he's like, wow, that's that's fast, you know. And and you get that a lot, especially if you're really experienced. And so I tell him that and it's the line I have to tell everybody. You know, I've done this for 20 years. If I was slow, I'd probably be worried. If I were you. Yeah, like twenty years earns you some speed. Yeah. Uh, plus, I've got a really well stocked and really well stocked van, so it makes it very fast and efficient for me to get parts and all yeah. that stuff. And you don't. It, it, and if your tradesman
1: is fast and good, okay, you're not paying for his time. You're paying for his knowledge. Yeah. And his expertise. Yeah. So you, you know, if everyone, if anyone's ever given you crap, just say that you're not paying me necessarily for my time here. Yeah. You're paying me for my knowledge
0: and my experience yeah so um the you know we go we get all cleaned up clean up all our trash clean up everything turn his water back on bleed out all the air do all the the whole thing and i tell him i'm gonna go out to the truck and put all my tools away and and stuff like that and i'll come back in and settle up so i go out to the truck put my tools away get all his invoice written up and everything else and i come back in to settle up and and his wife says Um, or no, no, his wife didn't say anything yet. And so I mentioned to him that, you know, we had talked about the possibility of doing a new toilet. Um, I will tell you that the work we did today is work that we do when you do a new toilet anyway. So if over any time in the next 30 days, you guys decide you want a new toilet, um, I'll apply today's repair charge. I can't, I can't apply the service charge, the trip charge, but I'll apply today's repair charge towards a new toilet. And, and that, that perked the wife's ears up and she's like, well, you know, we've been thinking about replacing both the toilets on this floor to newer, taller toilets that, you know, our bedrooms on this floor, that's our guest bedroom or guest bathroom that you were in the hall bathroom. So, you know, these two toilets get used the most. We were thinking about doing these. And so, you know, now she's open to the idea, right? She's not totally closed off. She's actually talking about replacing more than one. And so I mentioned to her that if we do multiple toilets, um, I would do them for 15% off um, because we can do two toilets you know, pretty quick, almost as fast as we can do a single toilet. It's still the same number of trips to the supply house. It's still the same number of times we have to turn the water off and turn it back on and you know, all of that stuff. So we're not talking much difference in time other than the amount of time it takes to set the toilet, right? Yeah. All of the other back-end time things aren't doubled. And, and so now she really perked up and she's like, Oh really? So like she gets out her calculator and literally starts putting the math to it. And I had, I mean, I can just factor it up real quick on my tablet. And so I factor it up really quick on my tablet and, and tell her, yeah, you'd be looking at X if we come back and do two toilets. And she was like, let's do it. And so my son is watching all this and he's just amazed. Right. Uh, So we get all done. And I was a little over 300 bucks for the service charge and the repair charge that day. And then I've got uh, a nice job on the books for a couple of weeks from now. They're they're getting ready to go on vacation. That's why they had to have us there on the the holiday. Um, But I've got a nice job for when they come back in town. We're going to replace both these toilets. So we get back in the truck and my son's just like, holy cow. He's like, I mow yards and I spend like an hour to mow a yard and I make 30 bucks. He's like, you were only here for like a half hour and you made 300 and you've got a whole bunch more money coming in whenever they have you back out. It's like, yeah, bro. I'm like, yeah, that's the art of communication and the art of offering options, right? There's a lot of listeners to this show that would have literally walked into that house, gave them one option and it would have been the bare minimum that it took to get them back in service that day and they would have left. Yeah. Okay. I gave them that option, too. They didn't want it. But when you only give them one, you can get a no or a yes, and that is it. When you give them multiple options, you get the opportunity to where they can still... Like, I'd go three options. I can get two no's and still get a yes. But on top of that, I put the ball in the customer's court to where now I'm not selling. All I'm doing is... Using my years of experience and my expertise in the field to to say, look, I, I think we got three options here. I'm comfortable with any of these three. What what do you think works best for you and your expectations and your budget? And then literally they are choosing what to buy. So yeah. cut, people love to shop. Yeah. Basically you're allowing
1: them to shop for something that they need. Yep. That they can't just go to a store and buy.
0: Yeah. You're just bringing the store and the shopping experience to them. Yeah. Customers hate to be sold, but they love to buy. Yeah. And, and so that's why the options method works. If you go in and offer them one option, you're now selling them on the repair. Whereas if you give them three options, now they're buying. They're getting a choice in the matter. They're getting to yeah. to choose. I don't want this one. This one's not good for me. I want that one. And, and the goal when you offer three options is not that they pick any certain option. It's not that you offer them three and hope they pick the top one. No, you're okay with all of them. You're okay with any of them. The, yeah. when, you, when you go into a call with a three-option mentality, the goal is that you walk out with a sale. The reason why that's the goal is because when you walk out with a sale, for one, you most likely have a really satisfied customer because they got to they got to buy on their terms. Uh, but for two, a really satisfied customer will get you two more customers in the future Yeah. because they're going to tell two of their family and friends about you. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, word yeah. of mouth word of and mouth. customer satisfaction. Right. When the customer is satisfied, no
1: matter what has happened, you're getting two more calls. You yep. may not get two more sales. But you're going to get two more calls
0: every time. And So if I would have gone in and I would have told them it's $189 to fix the one thing you need, well, now we're at a very black and white issue, and they're able to make a decision. Is that worth it or is it not? They may still have me go ahead and do the repair, even though they know it's not worth it, just because they don't have a choice, right? They need to get it fixed. It's an emergency or whatever. But then that's like the worst one ever. Because now they paid me 189 and now they're bad-mouthing me to their friends.
1: Well, maybe not bad I felt it was
0: too expensive. He wasn't yeah. here that long or whatever, right? However, when you go in with three, and they pick the one that works best for them, and let's say it was the middle or the upper option. Yeah. Well, now, they, nobody could say we overcharged them because they chose to spend that much they had a cheaper option and they chose to spend that much money yeah and so uh that becomes really important too when you're dealing with like spouses where one spouse isn't there because now the spouse might come home and be like you spent how much with the plumber yeah and and it takes all the heat off the plumber because now you know it's not a it's not a case of we sold them this repair at this price it's it's, yeah. He screwed
1: us and I wasn't there. Right. That's really the the husband thing. Oh, yeah. he screwed us. I wasn't there. He was taking advantage of my wife. Well, if you got three options and she, she chose an she expensive chose yeah. option, I mean, he's
0: already in check. Yeah. yeah. You know what and, I mean? And, and what happened, that call never even gets to us. Yeah. Because what will happen is he'll be like, oh, he screwed us and blah, blah, blah. And the wife says, no, no, no. He offered us a cheaper option. I chose this one because I thought it was best, yeah, well, now it's a disagreement between them, and it stays totally off our shoulders, yeah, so um it's literally the best way to go about business um i i I have to remind and, and encourage our guys to do this all the time, and any like I'm gonna say ninety eight percent of our upset customer interactions that we have uh 98% of those revolve around uh, calls where less than three options were given. Yeah. So the customer was put into a platform where they could choose, were we worth it or were we not? Yeah. So. And it, this is a lesson that isn't just for plumbing.
1: You know, like we gave the lawnmower. I mean, if you cut hair, you know, there's cut, there's cut and color. There's cut color shampoo. There's, I mean, there's a thousand different options.
0: Yep. It works in every trade jiffy loop yeah they've got the economy package and they show like some little shitty two-door car yeah they've got the the mid-grade package and they show like a sportier four-door car yeah. or
1: they give you the original and then oil. they've got the
0: performance package yeah. and they show like an exotic car
1: yeah synthetic yeah. you know nice filter they three like when you go to o'reilly's o'reilly's is a great example they have the the good better best yeah Always. Yep. Hey, I need an oil filter for my 2012 Chevy 1500. Yeah. Do you want the micro guard? Do you, you want the Fram? Yeah. He says you want the good, better or best. Right. And it's, it's literally three price points. I always, I like Wix filters, so I always go with Wix, but yep. that's their, like their middle grade. Yeah. You know, it works for them.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: it's just, I bet, I, I wonder what their numbers actually are, but I guarantee that at least half of the customers pick that middle grade.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't I mean, know either. I, There is some psychology, too, like most people gravitating towards the middle and all that stuff. If you really wanted to play it up, you would stack your most profitable option in the center. However, most of the people listening to this show, you're putting options together kind of on the fly, and it's kind of hard to do that. It's, so, easier,
1: it's easier for guys that really know what they're doing to go, okay, this is the minimum, this is the middle ground, and this is the highest. Yeah. You know, and... E- you may actually make more money per time spent there on the middle option. Yep. You may make it on the lowest. You, yeah. It just a so,
0: 100% depends on what it is that you're doing. So I have a guy uh on my team that's been struggling these last couple of months with low average tickets. In other you words, mean average sales. Average sales, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I was talking to him. I was talking to him a little bit last week. It's kind of a process to get somebody's head out of the, or, you know, head back in the game. Right. So I was talking to him a little bit last week and I told him we'll hit it hard and heavy come Tuesday. And so this morning on his way to his first call, I call him up and I tell him, you know, Hey, um, I had to rush out of the house this morning early. I didn't get a chance to even check what your first call is. What's your first call? And he said, it's a sump pump out. And I said, okay before you even get there you need to have planned in your head possibilities for options You can't have your options planned because you don't know exactly what's wrong yet. Well, and a sump pump's an easy one. Minimum, you're selling two grades of sump pumps. Right. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. We have have two grades of sump pumps. So there's two options right there. We have battery backup systems as well. Oh, so Um, okay. So three options. And then we have, like, discharge pipe upgrades where we can bury the discharge pipe or replace the discharge pipe if it's inferior. Um... And so I told him, I said, flat out, what's like, inferior discharge pipe? Uh, like somebody went to Home Depot and got a roll of that, like inch and a quarter accordion pipe or whatever. Like we see that. Do you a, see that a lot? Oh, yeah, we see that a lot. So oh man. Um, I told him, I said, number one, first and foremost, check their discharge pipe and see if that's a, a possibility for an option or not. If it's not congratulate the customer that they already have a good, durable, sturdy discharge pipe in place. That they don't have to worry about. Make them feel good about something, right? So, um, anyway, I said, we've got a third horsepower sump pump option. We've got a half horsepower sump pump option. We've got battery backup sump pumps options. Like, let the customer pick what's best for them. The warranty gets better with all three of those and everything else. So, I said, call me whenever you're done and let me know what you did, right? He calls me up, and he says, dude, like, and I said, if the option presents itself, give them, like, a badass option. I'm talking, you know, three to $5,000 for something. Yeah, battery
1: like, backup, got to run new power, new you, discharge, you, pipe, new everything. Right, right.
0: Like, that, that option is not always there, and, and it's unethical to make that option there when it's not. Oh, of course. Right? So I said, if it presents itself. Like be focused on that. Just keep your eye out for it, and if it's there, offer it. It doesn't mean you're pushing them. It doesn't mean you're being unethical. I said, text me whenever you you figure out what you're doing. I want to see how well it works. He texts me about an hour later, and he says, "How's 3,500 sound for my first call?" Nice. And I'm like, "Hell yeah! Like, what are he we get doing?" Battery backup. Watchdog. No, they have multiple pumps in the house. Oh, really? All the same age. One died. One was still going. So he's replacing both pumps, and one of them he's putting a battery backup system in. Nice. And he's replacing the discharge pipe on one of them, because one of them was the accordion style. Perfect. So I'm like, see? That right there is the power of options. And he flat out told me, he's like, if I was in the same mindset I was last week, I would have offered them one pump to get their one pump back up and going, and that was it. Yeah. I'm like, see? And, and what's crazy, the best part about that whole thing— is the customer is happier now than they would have been if you just offered the one pump. Yeah. Because now they have confidence. They chose to spend that much. Yeah. And we saw an avenue for them to spend that much ethically. They chose to spend that much. Like, it's a perfect solution. It's literally a win on all three accounts. Yeah. So that is the power of options. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Worked really well.
1: All right, Mitch. We said we weren't going to burn up topics. Well, So. We're thirty in here. Let's. What do, what else you got? What do you got for me?
0: Topic number two: cheap what? requests
1: equal cheap leads. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. That's the. I saw your post and we were talking about it before the show. But yeah, I used to get dinged on it all the time. So hey, man, do you uh know somebody that uh so I like say I went out and did an HVAC call. Hey, man, do you know somebody that would uh replace my water heater for me yeah I could do it oh man I need somebody cheap I mean would literally I'd be like uh, nope don't know anybody for that nope So sorry do you want it do you want it done well or do you right like want to just put it in yourself do you want to go to Home Depot and get a 350 or I mean what do you want to do so it, it
0: drives me crazy I had made a Facebook post a day or two ago it says dear friends I appreciate your love and support for our company your referrals are huge to our success however I have a huge favor to ask If you see somebody asking for references, and in the same breath, they're asking for the cheapest price, please don't recommend us. If they're saying they don't want to pay an arm and a leg, or they don't want to break the bank, please don't recommend us. We probably aren't the best company for them. If they want gratitude, integrity, value, experience, or service, please mention our name. Those are our company values and they, they guide every decision we make. And we love customers who value the same things we do. There is no other company in town that takes care of their people to the level that we do. And we want people that are on our team for the rest of their life. And it takes something special for that to happen. It means providing the absolute best benefits, best health, best health insurance, best vacation time, best retirement, best culture, and best compensation. There's also no other company in town that takes care of their community to the level we do. Dedicating one day a month to making necessary plumbing repairs absolutely free of charge for people who can't afford them is a bold move and it's very costly to a young business. We do it because we feel every business has a moral and ethical obligation to give back to their community in the largest capacity they can. So if you see a friend who wants the highest quality and the best value from a company, that will be here for many years to come, please recommend us. If you see a friend who wants the cheapest price in town, please recommend somebody else. Yeah. And uh, it was received well. It's been shared a couple of times, all that stuff. It's kind of a ballsy move to do that to, if you're a young business owner, right? If you're super young in business... You're not doing that. If, yeah, Let's just so, be honest. If you're If you're six months in, you're not doing that because you're taking... You're taking you're, every call you can get.
1: You're taking every stinking thing that comes down the pike. You yep. want everything. Yep. You may not get it because you aren't the cheapest, but you don't care. You need those sales. Yep. So if you are only been in business for six months, do not do that. Yeah. If you're two or three years in and you've got your feet underneath you and you've got a couple guys going, you can do that if you want to do that. You, you don't have to. Some guys like every call. They, yep. don't, they don't care that they get bad mouthed about you know, not being cheap or, you know, they're not worried about, uh, this is going to sound wrong. they're not worried about being, you know, the best and the brightest and the most expensive in town. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care
0: at all. Yeah. So it's not, it, you know, well, it's not a bad thing. It's just. So I didn't post that because I'm worried about being bad mouth about our prices. Um, I mean, we still have a perfect 5 rating on Google Um, as of today, September 6th. You know what? Let me get my phone. <laughs> let me, see if, I can <laughs> let me post, see if I can fix that. Let me right? see if I can post some fucking um, four star reviews. So, so I'm not I'm not worried about that. Our pricing is perfect for where it needs to be for our business. Um, but what I am worried about is wasting mine and a customer's time. And so, uh, where that comes from, a lot is going to be people that think they're helping you by throwing your name out to their friend who is a freaking cheapskate, yeah. right? Like and we've all got that friend. We've all got They're that friend everywhere. who thinks that they can get by without paying anything for anything. Now, is it is it uncommon that that friend also has tons of headaches uh, revolving yeah, yeah. everything's broken broke their house. Oh, they won't return my call or they did crappy work or you yeah, know, it's yeah, cuz you it's, picked the cheapest freaking guy, bro. Yeah. you went with the guy on the back pages of Craigslist yeah. and he gave you the tail light warranty, and he's gone. Yeah, you had three guys come out, and you literally just picked the cheapest guy. Yeah. And now where look where you're at. Where I see it happening the most is tree services. People will have really? five bids for tree services come out to their house, and they'll pick the absolute cheapest bid for tree services. Yeah. And that guy asks for half down now and then half down when he's done. Yeah. And you'll never see the guy again. <laughs> he literally takes half, the, half down, and yeah. he's gone. See ya. Right? So... <laughs> Um, so I, I think of usually like,
1: I know specifically some fence guys that are super cheap. Right. You know, they're no name guys that just got, and they'll do the job, but it's literally one day here, two days here, and it takes you a month to get a fence put yeah, up. Yeah. Or a deck add on this 12 by four. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just,
0: hey, I was the cheapest. Right. You went with them. Well... Now you're waiting. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I didn't post it for anything worried about price or anything else. I more or less posted it because I don't want my guys wasting their time going to somebody's house who was asking for the cheapest price in town. Yeah. We aren't the cheapest. We literally can't be the cheapest. With, with how well we take care of our guys, how well we take care of our community, that shit costs money. And, and there <laughs> I, I am unapologetic about our prices when it comes to that. Yeah. So you were shocked. Before we started filming this show, we, we charge about 800 bucks for a toilet.
1: I just, um, I had no idea what a toilet cost to have installed.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I like when something ha- happens in my house, I just do it myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, I mean, I have no realistic expectation of what, plumbing service costs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we charge about 800 bucks for a toilet. And and if you think of it just a black and white direct service, oh, a toilet may cost you just a tad over 200. So you guys are making almost $600 on a toilet. Uh, Wrong. We're not making anywhere near that. And um, toilets cost a little bit more than that. And the amount of time involved it takes to do a toilet and the amount of time we're saving a customer from doing their own is starkly different. Um, and so, um, again, I am like unapologetic about our pricing because I know it's dead on. We may charge 800 bucks for a toilet. However, our competitors in town are charging 12 to 1500 for a toilet, right? Same toilet. Only, yeah. I, I mean, I would argue our install is better because we have a 10,000 hour guarantee with our company. Which means we guarantee that every plumber we put in anybody's home has ten thousand hours of experience before they set foot in somebody's home. That's five years of experience. Yeah. There's a lot of these bigger shops in town that are charging twelve and fifteen hundred bucks for a toilet. For a kid that's and they've got a kid that's worked there for six to twelve months. Yeah. Right. So you're gonna you're actually gonna spend less with us and you're gonna get a guy with at least five times the experience. Yeah. So um.
1: I mean, I will say for. Like so, in in my situation, when you're a one man shop, you can charge what seems like a lot less mm-hmm. because you don't have that. You don't have the overhead. You don't have overhead. So I and I I bring that up because I don't want to turn off our listeners that are um or that are one man shops. And they're like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. man, no, I am the cheapest. You can still be the cheapest as a one man shop and make a ton of money. Yeah, okay. You. So don't think that you know you're. You're cheating yourself, or cheating your customers, or cheating the other guys in your community that work for bigger shops. You're not. Yeah. And listen, if you if you get to the point where you're you're really busy, go to their price point. Yeah. Okay. You, there's, you, there's you control no,
0: your schedule
1: by if, what you charge. If you're so busy that. Um, you can't keep up or are barely keeping up or want a little more time off or say you love it, but you want to be making more money. Mm-hmm. Raise your price point.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Call around. We t- we've we talked about this on numerous episodes, call around town and say, just pretend to be a customer and say, Hey, well, I had a bid for a toilet. It was X amount of dollars. I don't know if this guy's ripping me off. Would you guys come out and look at it? Or could you give me a price for it? Yeah, they w- nine times out of 10. The person on the phone is going to give you a price. Yeah. Okay. You're going to know. Hey, I could raise my price. Say, I'm, I'm say I'm a plumber in Mitch's neighborhood, and I call and they say it's nine hundred dollars, and I'm a one-man shop, and I'm like, man, I could charge seven hundred easy, be making more money. Right. Still be less than this guy, and offering a quality service. Right. I'm going to do
0: that. Yeah. You know, most, and that's the beauty of capitalism. Yeah. Most one-man shops. Uh, Fairly blanket statement here. Most one man shops could double their price. Oh, yeah. And not see a change at all yeah. in what their customers think about it. So uh, don't be afraid to charge what you're worth. Yeah. Just because it's easy, like plumbing is insanely easy for me. I've done it for 20 years. There's not a thing in plumbing that I can't figure out. Oh, yeah. Out, I agree right? 100%. Like if, I'm
1: not a professional plumber and. I mean, any fucking dope can change
0: out a toilet. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So, uh, you know, if I charge customers based off of how difficult it was for me to do it, holy shit, I wouldn't be charging anything at all, right? I'm not charging customers based off of how hard it is for me. I'm charging customers based off of how much I'm saving them, how much time and agony and frustration and trips to to the hardware store and everything else I'm saving them that's what I'm charging customers for. So, um, you know, don't be, don't be chasing the cheap request. If you are, um, if you are brand new in business and your schedule is empty, you're going to take every chance you can. The moment your schedule starts to fill up, if you're getting two weeks out, if you're if you're in a if, if you're, you're in a home two service out, business and you're two weeks out, that's a problem. You need to hire like two guys right now, or or raise your price, or raise your price. If you don't want to hire guys and you want to
1: be a one man show, yeah. raise your price or raise your price half what you think it should be and hire one guy. Yeah, instead now, of two. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of give and take in there and there are a lot of options. Don't feel like oh I have to do this or I have to hire two guys or I. Right. There are other ways to manipulate your schedule right. and still take care of your quality customers.
0: Yeah. The, um, the other thing, too, is track how many calls you go on versus how many sales you make. And what you're shooting for is you want to make sales on 80% of the calls that you go on. Um, if you're selling every call you go on, your pricing is too cheap. You need twenty percent of the opportunities to tell you no, in order to validate that you are on the correct price, or you're just a badass salesman. Maybe,
1: dude. I know some guys that can sell, and that's all.
0: They just they sell everything. It doesn't matter.
1: They're just so smooth and so laid back, and they just just everything they touch just turns cold. But that's a pretty rare.
0: Yep. As a rarity. I mean, you want. It sounds silly, especially if you're if you're listening to this show and you haven't been in business yet, and you're you're thinking, man, these guys are crazy. They're literally planning on 20% of their customers telling them no. And like, not if, in the beginning. Not not necessarily in the beginning. But but we're talking start the moment getting, your schedule gets full. When so a feet, month or two into business. When your feet are under you and you're running. Yep. And and so here's the logic. Let's say I'm charging. for this repair and that's what and And every single customer I go to buys that repair at $200 Okay, and let's say I can do this repair five times a day well Now I'm making a thousand dollars a day. Okay, we're just gonna keep this super simple Well, if I'm selling to every customer based off that logic. I want to I only want to sell to 80% of them well let's crank that number from 200 to 300 I can still do 5 a day. All 5 still tell me yes. Well now, I just made an extra $500 yeah, at a day. Bucks. I'm at 1500 bucks for a day. All customers are still telling me yes, so they all are still seeing the value in it, right? So now, let me crank the price up to 400. And I'm waiting for that one out of 5 customers to tell me no. So, one out of I crank it up to 14 or I crank it up to 400? Now, Four, tell me no. All right, I've hit yeah. my limit.
1: Yeah, I got a good bag down right, 325. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry,
0: four, four is me yes, one tells me no. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm at 1200 for the day. I got a really quick no, so now I actually have opportunity to go run another call and maybe sell another one. Maybe. So maybe. that's the that's what I'm getting at. So what you're flirting against is you're not the $200 price. You don't want to be overpriced. you want to be priced at the level to where about 20% of your customers are telling you no.
1: Yeah, and in every market is different. That's why you have to do, I want to say experiments, but that's basically what it is, an experiment about where your price point should be. Yeah. Because here in Missouri, you know— $900 for a toilet's one thing. You go to California and they're charging you $2,500 for a toilet. You have to know where your price
0: point is at in your town and and the areas that you serve. And you have to know your costs in business and you have to know your goals in business, right? If you're a guy who just wants to be self-employed so he doesn't have a boss, but you don't really have aspirations to grow or retire any faster than you would have otherwise. Yeah then you can kind of do whatever you want chances are if you're that guy you're probably not listening to our show mm-hmm. so maybe uh, i'm kind of like that sometimes
1: yeah i so, mean some you know some guys want to just they want to be able to work really hard for a few days a week mm-hmm. and then have time with their family. Yep. Other guys want to get up at four and work till five every night, no matter what is going on. Right. They want to do it six days a week because that is just what drives them. Yeah. You know, there are just, there are different. That's what makes, that's what makes the trade so great. I feel, especially yeah. if you want to be a small business owner, you can literally make it what you want. You can do whatever option. you Are want. there going to be times when you've got to work more? Yes. Are there going to be times when you're, a Little out of money because you're it's slow season, like we talked about in the last episode, yes, right. But there is a ton of breathing room for everyone now. Is a hair salon that way? Not really, I right. mean, it, you know, it's different, yeah. But we speak to more of you know, electricians, HVAC guys, plumbers, lawnmower guys. You know, when I bring that up, that's who I'm talking about,
0: yeah. It still applies to the hair salons, too, though. It can, I, I've, I've known quite a few people that have had hair salons and they they sold them for what they bought them for 20 years ago, and they basically just used it for income for the whole 20 years. Yeah. They didn't. It wasn't an investment. It wasn't a build a business and sell it model or anything else. So it just gave them a platform to not have a boss.
1: That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start small plumbing companies, get two or three guys, and then sell them to Mitch or his yeah. competitors. I haven't decided <laughs> well, yet. Well, I
2: think it would be kind of difficult. Like say, <laughs> say like plumbing as compared to, say, if someone were to be like, I want to start a film production company, because with plumbers, if you're running a plumbing company, it's like you have free plumbers, but with that, you have your sound guy, you have your producer, you have this. And so it's like, you're having to work with like different trades within the same.
0: You you still have overhead. You still have costs, right? Mm -hmm. Like plumbing companies, we've got accountants, we've got bookkeepers, we've got, you know, call takers. Like you still, the same rule applies. Um, If everybody is saying yes to your price, your price is too cheap. Uh, you 're undervaluing your service, and this is incredibly common in the trades industries any yeah, any trades it's bad thing in the trades because we way undervalue our skill set you got to mm-hmm. keep in mind they 're calling you because they can 't do it or they don 't want to do it that right there in itself says you 're worth a whole lot more than you think you are hmm. yeah so
2: like in the in the photography world, like I notice it 's always it 's what kind of kills the morale is. You, you come in contact with, like, a real estate agent that's like, well, I got a guy who can do it for 100 bucks. Yeah. Is it the guy who's – like, I feel like that position is designed so – That's no,
0: the can, same. That's no. the same. can be pushed <laughs> to everything. Let's yeah. talk on that for a second. Uh, I have a lot of real estate friends, and the, if, if I have any friends listening to this show, they will know that I am not talking about them when mm-hmm. I say this. But yes, most real estate agents mm-hmm. – Most real estate agents are absolute pieces of shit. And if you are in the home services industry and you do a lot of work for real estate agents, I can guarantee you, you are not profitable. Mm -hmm. Um, Real estate agents have no care in the world for anything else other than their commission. Most again, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that are real estate agents. They don't apply. And he not just speaking
1: directly to
0: you guys. Yeah. yeah. They, not just because they're my friends, because mm-hmm. I don't have friends that are real estate agents that are shitty like this. Mm-hmm. I encounter them a ton. Here's the here's the classic call. We get a call. Yeah, I've got a leak at a house. I need you guys to get it fixed. Okay, cool. What's the address? Oh, uh, well, it's a house I'm selling, or it's a house my buyers are working at, or I'm representing the seller. Yeah, you know, it's because they just want they, a number. They say, right? They want a number. And they'll say, like, can you guys be here in 30 minutes? Uh, no, right? Yeah. And then, well, I need to be there. Like, it needs to get fixed asap. This is holding up a sale. Uh, lack of preparation on your part yeah. is not a constituting emergency on my part, right? Yeah. So anyway, then here's the creme de la creme. Is they'll have you do, they'll want you they'll have you want to do all this work, and then they'll say, "Can you take payment at closing?" They don't even want to pay you for it. They want to take the proceeds from the sale of the house and have the title mm-hmm. company write you a check weeks or months later. Yeah, no thanks. Like I, have
2: a, I have a story on that. So I had this is before I realized that real estate agents are like that mostly. Um, there's this, the real estate agent. He wanted to meet me at uh, some breakfast place in Blue Springs. What they call. Next to that price chopper. Uh, First watch. First watch. watch, yeah. Yep. We sit down and we talk for like three hours. And we decided on a price for like video, was him mm-hmm. uh, $500 for this house tour. And we, he wanted to pay you a closing. He wanted to pay me 400 he, He's like, I only could spend 400 because my whole budget is like grand. He's got like, to want to spend half of it for video. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't hear from him. Like we agreed on it. And then we I didn't hear from him and I sent an email like, Hey, it's like it's a week out, just make for sure. He's Oh yeah, I meant to message you. I went with someone else who's doing it for a hundred bucks. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't go from 400 to 100. And, and, and here's video. a couple
0: of things. For one, that guy's a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. For two, I guarantee you the video that he paid for $100 did not help him sell the house at all. If anything, it probably cost him a sale. It was probably mm-hmm. his iPhone 13. Probably. He was just walking yeah. around and the house naked. So, like, <laughs> so these guys video. just
2: love their iPhones. They're like, most hey, I into a of my iPhone.
0: The, and I don't know. I mean, apparently, there's just enough like, really hungry tradesmen out there. That'll, that'll put up with it, but we absolutely do not put up with it. And we tell them flat out, we don't work for real estate agents. We will work for the customer mm-hmm. and so on. Now I have a guy that lives in my neighborhood. He's a real estate agent. He mm-hmm. is the, anti- like, he's the opposite of what we're talking about. He'll call us up and say, Hey, I want to list this property, but I noticed a leak in my initial walkthrough. And I don't want even want to list it until the leaks fixed. Um, I'm going to send you out there. I'm paying the bill on this one. I'll handle it with mm-hmm. the customer. Fuck yeah. yeah, like that's how you do service. not not I mean mm-hmm. not only does it make it easy for us to do work with him mm-hmm. I guarantee you he sells more houses than anybody else Because he's doing it right and he's actually making decisions that are in the best interest of the customer Instead of the best interest of his pocketbook and his commission
2: yeah. and that uh, that like hurt us too because we were in the business I was still a quitrip at the time and we were still trying to this before I met Mitch or anything like that so it was like we were trying to transition into our own business. Yep. And so we were really counting on that $400. And I remember it being like we had to DoorDash and like scrounge and like save to like come clean because I was like, we were, yeah. so I was starting, I went down to four days of work instead of five because I was like, well, I'll just take Fridays and that's going to be like, if I can do like one client a week kind of thing. And so yeah. I remember being like, that really hurt us.
0: Yeah. If your business is built around having a uh, real estate agents support you. Mm-hmm. You are missing out big time. Yeah. And and I hate to say it, there's a lot of like there's a lot of those guys that you'll never ever convince them. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but if you have the ability to get work anywhere else, do it. Mm-hmm. And you will be tremendously better off for it. Um on top of all that, real estate agents are they're just big headaches. Yeah. They they're needy, they call all the time, they can't ever give you an answer. Like I don't even half these agents, I don't even know why they call us. Because they'll call us and ask us if we can do stuff. Because they've burned eight bridges already. Well, no, no. they so just go on to the next guy. They'll call us and say, like, can you guys get out here tomorrow? And i will say, yeah, I got an appointment between, like, two and four. Does that work? Oh, let me call the buyer and see. Hmm. Well, why the fuck are you even calling me? Yeah. Like, you're not doing anybody any favors. You're, you're playing like you're doing favors, but you're really just slowing everything down. Yeah. yeah. And,
2: and also, too, like, Mitch and I talked to this, like, off, off, off screen, like, a few days ago, where it's like, Um, especially with photography and video, since it's not like, it's not like plumbing or it's not like eating, it's not like filling up gas. It's not like a necessity of life. So if it's like, if you give the client any room to like sleep on it and think about their decision, it's like, you know, it's like, we'll have clients locked up, but it's like a month from now. Yeah. And so they have a whole month to think about like, is, do we really need family photos or can we just wait till the next season?
1: Right. 10% non-refundable deposit.
2: Yep. So there's actually one, uh, one person that we, they do
1: we, cancel out. You're like, yeah, free money.
2: We have one person that we blacklisted just because we didn't tell her this, but she's basically blacklisted because it was like doing that and like, Oh, I want to change out. I don't want to do any more. Actually, can we do it here? And so, so eventually like her contract is like a specific contract just for her. That's like yep. paying a hundred percent right now, non-refundable. Yep. <laughs> if you change the location one more time, we're not doing the photo
0: shoot. So so I had a real estate agent. I had a real estate agent call in like two weeks ago. And they said, you know, how much do you guys charge to camera or scope a sewer line for the sale of a home? And I clarified, I said, we don't record anything. Our, our cameras are live, so we'll give you a written report. And she said, that's fine. And and I said, so we were $209, $209 uh, to camera the line and give you a written assessment. If it's assessment. plugged and the screen's black, that's all you're getting for well, 209 that's, that's what the assessment says, right? Yeah. And so... um. And she said, wow, that's really expensive. The guy that I'm used to using, he charges 150, and my backup guy, he charges 200. She I'm nine dollars. I'm two oh nine. Like we're literally a fucking happy meal away from her backup guy, mm. and she's. Let me think about it. Oh, let me check with the sellers and see if they're okay spending that much. Um, it's nine fucking dollars. You wasted nine dollars on this phone call. Oh, well, it's like yeah. how, <laughs> but that's that's how petty yeah. they are, right? Now, why was she calling me? Well, her main go-to couldn't get to her for two weeks. Her backup couldn't get to her for a week and a half. She needed this done, and within three days, I could get out there tomorrow. She's letting nine dollars stand in the way. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not even going to chase that. Like, I'm not going to. Nah, I'm not going like, to. Call me if you want it. Yeah. Be like. I'll see you. Goodbye. Tell have a nice what, day. That opening <laughs> on the schedule tomorrow is probably going to fill up if you don't take it right now.
2: And I feel yeah. like too I And
0: I'm like, not going to feel bad yeah, about it yeah. I could care less
2: I feel like a lot of it Maybe has to do with like I don't know if there's this aspect Of a real estate agent They're just They're more concerned about Keeping the morale up With the buyers Than they are actually
0: No saying No no money. no That's all fake They're more concerned About their commission mm-hmm. Than anything else But what they don't understand Is that they spent more time Providing service mm-hmm. To the buyer or the seller They'd make their commission In a heartbeat Like the guy in my neighborhood who pays for it out of his own pocket and then settles it up with them. He's more concerned about doing the right thing and then letting the money work itself out than he is about the money. And therefore, he sells a boatload of stuff. And I know he sells a boatload of stuff because he has us do a repair on probably half of the stuff he sells, and we do a bunch of freaking work for him. Mm-hmm. And every single time, it's, hey, can you go over here? I noticed a leak. I just want to get it fixed. Sweet.
2: Yeah, I think, too, it's, of course, my my... In the, in the realm of like running a business is like very like thin, but you know, the time that uh, we did try like running a business is like, um, just running, running into terms of like, I had to make for sure I communicated a lot beforehand because yeah. there's a lot of, there was a good chunk, probably about half of, you know, this, of course this is us figuring it out and that sort of stuff. Just like what we can and can't do. Like we can't schedule photo shoots in winter time at the world war one museum, With the family because every time we had a kid fall down the stairs right stuff like that and so it's like just communicating up front and that and that sort of thing like i feel like we could have, i mean i could have saved us a lot of headache by doing that because just like for instance telling them like hey download the photos so because i don't want to have a google drive with photos from six years ago from someone's photo shoot well yeah you I'm just give thing- them a timeline and say <laughs> yeah.
0: that if you don't download them at this time they're gone and, and I, then you give them a reminder and mm-hmm. say you've got two more days to download them you
1: just put them download them onto a the flash drive mail them the flash drive delete their photos that, that works men. too
0: yep. so um we have one more topic to hit and that is what are we talking about recession outlook Ugh. 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 dave how do you think the looming "quote unquote" recession is going to affect the home services industry? I'm gonna say hardly at all.
1: Elaborate why? <laughs> because people need service. Yep. Your home needs maintenance. Yep. Okay. There. I said earlier we were talking about. I said recession proof, and you said what did you say? Recession resistant. Re- res- resistant. Yep. Resilient would yeah. be another word. because Nothing they recession-proof. No, but, I mean, when your toilet's overflowing yep. or you're leaking water everywhere, you have to have it fixed. Yeah. When it's wintertime and your furnace isn't on, you have to have it fixed. Yeah. When there's a short in your electrical panel in the middle of summer and your air's not running, you have to call an electrician. Yeah. I mean, these are things that... Um, I know these are going to be a little off of our normal business... Like as in it's for everybody, but those three trades specifically Mm -hmm. are very recession proof. I mean, you just, it's amazing to me. I mean, even remember in 2008, 2009, when it was literally in the crapper, Mm -hmm. people were being laid off. People were taking 20% pay cuts to keep their job just so that they still had their job. In July, when that air conditioner quit working, I got paid. Yeah. People don't give a shit what it costs. Right. They will find the money to fix that air conditioner when it's 100 out and the humidity is 90%. Yep. They will always find a way. If they have to skip four meals, if they have to not take their kids to dance, they don't care. Right. They will make it happen. Yep. Because it just, it has to. It's just like gas in your car. You don't want to pay the three fifty. You can cut back, but you're paying the three fifty to get to work. Yep. I mean you're just there are certain things in life that no matter what is happening, you will make it happen. Yep. You know, you'll get to work. You will get your toilet repaired. Right. You will get your wife's hair done because if you don't, she's a raging bitch. There are certain things. I'm not talking about Danielle and not but there, there are certain things in people's lives that they will get done no matter the cost. I mean, if if '08 happens again, would Mitch maybe have to lay a guy off? Yeah, probably. Maybe.
0: Maybe. So. But you know what? The best two guys still got a job. The the big play here, and I'm glad we got onto the subject of real estate agents before we talked about this. If you're in bed with a bunch of real estate agents. I loved
1: them in 08. They were
0: all floundering. Yeah. If you're in bed with (laughs) a bunch of real estate agents and you rely on real estate agent referrals for your business, you're going to be fucked during a recession because the recession hits the real estate market the hardest, right? Usually. People stop buying and selling homes. But what happens if you're not buying a new home? You're fixing the one that you're in. Yeah. Right? So if you're in the home service and repair industry... You're okay. Yeah. If you know how to go to market direct to the consumer and get the sticky handed real estate agent out of it. Right. That's where it plays really, really well. Now, not all real estate agents are fucked in the recession. The real estate agents that want to pay $200 instead of two Oh nine, they're fucked. Yeah. But the real estate agents like the guy across my neighborhood that does the right thing and then knows that the money will work itself out, he's going to be just fine through the recession. I have no no question about that.
1: In a recession, no matter what industry you're in, I mean, this is a little off topic, but not really, but the cream always rises to the top. Yep. So when we talk about being ethical with your customers and we talk about being great with your employees and we talk about being a stand-up member in your community, you're rising to the top. And when there are issues and when there are slowdowns and there are recessions, those companies do not suffer as much right. as the fly by night guys yep, or the guys that are super cheap or the guys that are, um, you know, rotating employees in and out of the door. Yeah. You know, all of our, all the things we've talked about on the episodes, as far as, you know, where your heart's at, you know, how you treat people, all of those things, all of those core values are recession proof. Yep. No matter what happens, if you're a stand up member in your community, people will look out for you. You know, if you it, say something awful did happen, like it was 08, and Mitch, Literally had to lay two guys off but it was him and one other guy and he put a plea out on facebook that says hey you know i'm gonna be real with you here we're struggling we know every money's tight with everybody we're just trying to drum up a little bit more business if you have something we'd be happy to look at it for you right people are gonna say oh man okay, yeah. Hey, you know what? I got this. You could look at, or I know somebody that needs this, or I know somebody that needs that. Right. And that gets back to, um, just doing the right thing all around. Right. Like we talk about all the time.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ultimately, if you don't have a, a hinging relationship with a real estate agent, you're probably going to do just fine through the recession. The recession doesn't really affect a lot of blue collar people anyway if you're on the the i don't i don't want to let me stand back the recession does affect blue collar people um because like for instance uh in '08, i was working for a a commercial i was working for a plumbing company that did residential and commercial and i was on the commercial side of things right well, commercial projects are, you know, they're funded with investors and they're funded with government money and everything else. So when the recession happens and all that money tightens up, well, now those projects come to a crawl. Well, what did I do? And I didn't know I was doing the right thing at the time. I literally just went with the only, best, the next best option. I moved departments in that same company. I moved from their commercial department to their residential department, and I started doing plumbing repairs for people's homes instead of for commercial buildings. And just like Dave said, people had the money. They found a way to come up with the money to take care of the repairs that they needed to have taken care of. And literally that's when my home service career took off. So um, I I didn't realize how stable the home service business is. Yeah. If you provide really good service and you price yourself fairly and you offer an incredible value to the customer, Recession is like a word that is barely even in my vocabulary because it does not affect what we do near to the level that we think it does. Yeah, and so,
1: and, and listen, it does for um, lawnmowers and it does for um, hairstylists. It won't for mechanics. Well,
0: cars still have to. Run. There are certain areas where you can dodge the bullet at. It, it well, so this a lot of too. This goes back to. Uh, sales and options and cheap requests and cheap leads and everything else if you're constantly chasing those cheap leads Those dry up quick get in a recession Guess who is the first one to make the decision to fix it for themselves? Versus paying a plumber the guys that want it cheap the guy who was bitching about the super cheap price that you gave them anyway Yeah, right That's the whole reason they're bitching is because they were they're thinking of an avenue where they could have done it themselves Yeah, and so if you're constantly chasing those leads you're literally putting yourself in a bad position for a recession. It's just its just like um, you're supposed to do with your portfolio.
1: You have to be diversified. If you're focused 100% in one area, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Right. I mean, you need to be – I mean, you, this contradicts a little bit what I said earlier. You can chase some of those cheap leads. You can chase the value leads. You can chase some of the real high-end leads, you know, but – when something does happen, one of those areas is going to dry up. Yeah. Guess which one it's not? The value leads. Yeah. The ones we push guys to to do, and those leads will always be there. The cheap leads will go. The real expensive leads will go. Just like you were talking about in commercial. Yeah. You know, I listen. It's we're in a recession now. Yeah. Okay. You know, they're saying we're not. We're not. It's because <laughs> they changed
0: the definition of what a recession it's,
1: is. It's it's not '08 this time. Nope. So in '08. There were. It's not a crash. There were a hundred houses and fifty people to buy them. Okay, in '08. Right now in the housing market, we're still short mm-hmm. in this country four million homes. Yep. Okay, so demand is still extremely high. Yep. So I don't think it's the recession that we're in now is not going to be '08. Okay, I mean, will they sell as many because the rates? Real high right now? No. They won't sell as many. Okay? They're slowing that stuff down. Right. So it's going to be a little more of a lull than like 08. I mean, Mitch and I aren't like telling everybody to panic. Right, Dude, right Oh, right. shit. Oh, f- what are we going to do? It's not going to be like that. But nevertheless, if you're running com- your company in an upstanding way, like we tell people to do,
0: mm-hmm. you're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, you're going to be just fine. Yep. Yeah. I, I would not be, if you are in the direct-to-homeowner sales, I would not be concerned about recession at all. No. Not in the slightest. So if, you're, if your path relies on commercial or your path relies on real estate agents, then I would start today and start waning off of that. Diversify. And get more into direct-to-residential. Don't give it up. But just try
1: to add to. Yeah. You know, don't say, oh, I'm not going to help these people out because I'm focused you, over here on getting more.
0: You can, no, you can do both. give up the cheap-ass real estate agents. That's not going to hurt you. Real we all I'm always up. mad
1: at real estate agents. I'm always mad at
0: real estate agents because most of them, not all of them. I don't know how I, I became like most of my real estate agent friends, almost every single one of my real estate agent friends is not who I talk about here. However... Like there's it's, there's it's thousands it, of real estate agents in the market, and somehow I drew into the luck with having good friends with like being friends with the good ones, but most of them are absolute dirtbags. Yeah. So, and and they act like they're they're, they're super poor. Oh yeah. And there's just no money to be had yeah. for It's just like what Austin was saying. You know, uh, I'm gonna sell a house. Well, they make... feel
1: like I think they feel like they have to be salesmen on everything. I don't know. I mean, I know a couple really well, and I'm not – they're not that way. Although I will say – I don't know if he listens to this show or not, but he sold my house in Blue Springs. And last week I I talked to him and then texted him an address and said, I want to go look at this house to buy as a flipper. And then he didn't ever get back with me. And I right. just remembered that right now. So right now, I'm a little mad at that guy. Well, <laughs> so, so I'm to text him
0: here in a minute. That's another, like, we're coming off of this massive wave with real estate activity, right? There's a, like, literally probably half of the real estate agents in the nation aren't going to be here in two or three years. Because they've literally come off like the best of booming of times where they didn't have to do shit, and they could treat their customers like shit, and they didn't have to follow up, and they didn't have to dot their I's, and they didn't yeah. have to cross their T's. Like a freaking monkey could have sold a house over the last couple of years, right? Well, what did
1: I say earlier? I said the cream will always rise to right. the top. Right. So the ones that have done well and the ones that got back with people and the ones that are the best, yeah, you're just like you said— they'll yeah. rise to the top and then the other ones literally they'll be shut down Yeah, or they'll well, be finding
0: they'll be working at Home Depot and those other ones are going to be like Oh, I don't know what happened well you didn't call the guy back that, you, you, know you what, didn't that's follow what,
1: up that's with every industry though it is. That's that's with every industry. That's business one on one. I think it is. That's, it is. Yep. Too, it's that's just, being
0: a good person one on one. It's it's have a process that works and stick to the process no matter how busy you are.
2: And no matter yeah. like who's watching. So maybe there's just <clears> it's like a biblical principle is like even no one's watching like do the best work possible.
1: Yeah. Layla has a um, Alex Morgan poster up in her room and it says always practice like no one's watching. Right. You know? Right. Which she doesn't do. But, I mean, I'm, like, trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, get her to do it. But
2: It gets into your, like, the thing is, because I've been there before in, in, like, past jobs where it's like, oh, no one's watching. It's like, I'll do 90%. But that starts to, like, bleed and grow and develop. And then all of a sudden now it's like people are watching and it's like, hey, let's see how how far I can get to the fence before someone gets me in trouble or something
0: like that. Right, right. I mean, that's that's part of our core values in our company is we do Mm -hmm. work to the best of our abilities, whether it's going to get covered up or anybody's ever going to see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally today, I just put a whole bunch of pipes under concrete, and within 20 minutes, they were covered in concrete. Mm -hmm. I could have made the shittiest-looking pipe job ever, but every glue joint looked great. Everything was nice and squared away. Nobody saw it but me. Mm -hmm. Didn't even take a photo of it, but it still looked amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get that
2: because that's where it starts. Just kind of like why whenever someone gets arrested for, like...
1: Oh, where where are we going here, Awesome.
2: Well, what I'm saying is, like, it's... It's, like, like an outgrowth. So, it's, like... So, say you... Someone, like, is arrested for, like, dealing drugs. It's, like, it's not... It's not like everything in their life is perfect except for that. It's like, oh, well, they also lie, I and mean, they yeah. also cheat, I and mean, they also this. It's like an outrage. They just
1: got caught for that one thing.
2: Yeah, so that's, that's where I was trying to take the
0: train. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: on
2: the same train, I'm just a couple cars behind. I'm making the
0: train with all like the, the charcoal. It's like it, the the series Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I freaking love the series Breaking Bad. I'm watching it for like the fourth or fifth time Never now, seen right? It. Oh, Never watched it's, one episode. It is cool. It's really cool. Well, there's a scene in the movie... Or in the in the series where um, they're going to make a massive deal with a ultra high level guy. Right. And the guy watched them for a while and then never even showed up to the deal because he didn't like what he saw. And he he flat out calls the guy out saying you're irresponsible. Your partner was high on drugs and and he was late to the, the, the biggest deal of your life. Your partner was late and he was high on drugs. That tells me everything I need to know about you. Was that the guy that cooks with him? Yeah. Is he a drug addict too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, maybe I should watch it. How many seasons is it? uh, Five or six, I think. Oh, so not too many. I enjoy it because it's one of those things where I can have it on in the background where I'm doing other stuff and I, I, Catch it, but I don't really. Well, like Cranston have to plug is in.
1: like one of the greatest actors of yeah. our generation. Yeah, for he's sure. good.
0: He's super good. So, um, but but I mean, they hit on a very very key subject there. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's no uh, again, dirtball real estate agents. If they're always showing up late to shit, <laughs> just keeps bringing up mm-hmm. their real it's, estate not, it's not like they're
2: they're perfect in every <laughs> way except for that. You know, it's 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 an outgrowth of.
0: Yeah. 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 So. Well, we are running a little long in the tooth here, so let's wrap, wrap this it thing up. up. Mitch. Uh, guys, if you liked what you heard today, if you saw value in today's episode, if you have a friend of yours that is struggling with any of the things we talked about today, please do us a favor and hit the share button on this episode right now and send it to them. We would really appreciate it. Also, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, please do us a favor and drop us a five-star review for the show. Those help us out dramatically. So um, until next time, guys, we will see you later. Appreciate it, guys. Peace.